I, I have to tell you, are y'all with me tonight? Say amen. amen. I have to tell you that I had an excellent message prepared till I got in here and God changed that. I, you know, I just really get upset when he does that because I'm thinking, God, don't you know that I done good this week? I mean, I was jazzed up about this one. So tonight... I want you to take your Bible and open it up to the book of Romans. The book of Romans. I love studying the book of Romans. Do you ever feel like you're not good enough? Do you ever feel like you don't qualify? Do you ever feel like you're down the, down the list when it comes to uh, people? You ever feel like that if you was, uh, uh, you know, if people were choosing teams, you'd probably be the last one chosen? You ever feel like you don't fit? You ever feel like you don't measure up? Well, probably, if you're like that, you can join a lot of us that have felt that way at some time when it comes to God. You know, when it comes to the God thing, Probably every one of us, and if you haven't been there, shame on you. When it comes to the God thing, we never feel like we're good enough. We are talking about a God that's holy, a God that's reverent, a God that is sovereign, a God that is above all, <clears throat> a God <clears throat> who created us all. And when you look at your sinfulness, God's holiness... Obviously, if you have any sense at all, you would say this, I'm not worthy. I'm just not worthy. When you look at our life as individuals, we all experience that at some time or another in our life, no matter who we are, that consciously or, or self-consciously, we say, I'm not good enough. And we do everything in our power somehow or another to try to work our way out of that in our life to where maybe somewhere along the journey we will go, you know, I'm okay. I'm, I'm all right. But I want you to remember this, and you don't have notes tonight, you don't have something to write down, but I think it's good. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. You will never make yourself good enough. Uh, no matter what we do in life, no matter how hard we try, no matter how, how, what all the things we do to try to make ourselves qualify, we never will. The Bible tells us that we're sinners. The Bible gives a description to us about us. The Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. We serve a God, and I think it's profound to think about this, that we don't have to inform him that we're not good enough. We don't have to tell him, God, remember, I'm not good enough. Can I tell you this? God already knows that. God already knows that we fall short. God already knows that we don't qualify. God already knows that we're sinful. God already knows that we're separated from him. God already knows that we're lost and we're undone and there's no hope for our life. And, and God already knows that. So we don't have to inform God, God, you know what, I'm, I don't qualify. God knows we don't qualify. God knows that we're not good enough. God knows that every single one of us, no matter who we are, we miss the mark. Can I get an amen? That we're never going to measure up <clears throat> to his standard of holiness. The Bible tells us that God is holy and we're not. The Bible tells us that God is righteous and we're not. 
God, the Bible tells us that heaven is for the people that, that, that God saves, and we know that when we're separated from him, we don't qualify. We know that our sin has separated us from God. We know that. We know that our sin has driven a wedge between us and God, and there's a great chasm between the two. And we know that God is over there and we're over here and we're separated because of sin. And we know that when we think about it, we ask ourselves the question, how can, I made, how can I be made right with God? So when we go to church and we're involved in these kind of things, you may be one of those people that are here tonight and you're thinking, Brother Jackie, I'm that person that I just don't feel like I measure up. And, and maybe you're here tonight and you think that about yourself. Well, I want you to look at your Bible to the book of Romans chapter 5. Looking at verse number 1, and God's just directed me, and I'm just going to have to be obedient to that if that's okay with you. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5 and verse number 1, Therefore being justified by faith, we have what? Peace with God. How do we have peace with God? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's an amen place, y'all. That we can have peace with God. No matter who we are, no matter where we've been, we can have peace with God. But there's only one way to get that. And that is through the Lord Jesus Christ. No other way, no other qualifier. You cannot qualify for peace in any other way. It's only through Jesus Christ we have been made justified. That is, we have been put in a place through Jesus Christ that we are justified before God, and because of that, we're not at odds with God any longer. We're not an enemy with God anymore. But rather, we have peace with God. Now, think about this for a moment as you look at that verse. I'm a firm believer <clears throat> that if you find peace with God, you can find peace with yourself. That is, I believe that part of the, the overflow of having peace with God is coming to terms where I have peace with me. Now, if you'll notice there in verse number six, he goes on and talks about grace and faith and all that stuff. But look at verse number six. He says, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Is there anybody in here that fell into that category at some time in your life where you were the ungodly? If you are, raise your hand and say amen. So the Bible tells us that when we were without strength, that strength that we were out without is a strength that would sustain us and save us and put us in a place where we can have peace with God. But the Bible says that yet we were without strength, but in due time, everybody say due time. In due time, in time, right on time, God sent his son Jesus to do something for us that we could not do for ourselves. What did Jesus do according to verse number 6? He died for the ungodly. That's an amen place, y'all. Jesus in due time, in the fullness of time, God sent his son to do something <clears throat> for us that we could not do for ourselves. Jesus came to die for the ungodly. And guess what, guys? That means he died for all of us. Because we're all ungodly. Amen. We're all ungodly. You say, well, Brother Jack, I get that. Jesus came to, the, to this earth and he died for the ungodly. I understand that. But how do I, 
how do I personalize that in my life? How do I make that something in my life so that I, I can be one of those people? How do I personalize this in my life so that it's not just words on a page, it, it's not just a verse in the Bible, but it becomes who I am. And I want you to notice something that's powerful to me. And this is where God told me to go tonight. Because I don't know who needs to hear this. I don't know where you are in your life. But look at verse number 8. But God commendeth his love toward us. in that while we were yet sinners. Somebody help me. Christ died for us. You know, I was, in the, I was coming through the hall in the fellowship hall wrestling, battling with going, God, I really got a good message prepared here. And God's going, don't you dare do that. Don't you dare do that. And I said, yes, sir. So I said to the Lord in a prayer time, just standing out there with Doug. What? Because I'm thinking, okay, God saying to me, don't you dare do that. Then what, Lord? What, Lord? And he said, Romans 5, 8. I want somebody in here tonight to hear Romans 5, 8. Yes, sir, Father. But God commendeth. And uh, when I opened my Bible, it was, it was interesting because I can show you in my Bible uh, a note <clears throat> that's written in my Bible right there about that word. And I want you to pay attention to that word as Brother Randy and them come for just a minute. The word commendeth means that God proved there's another interesting word about that <clears throat> that is in my notes. God exhibited. There's another word that God uses in this word. It says he displayed. I want you to listen to me for a minute. Because we are sinners and because Jesus died for the ungodly, God did something that is phenomenal he exhibited his love for you he displayed his love for you and the bible says that he did that love toward us while we were sinners now i want you to think about this god did not wait till you got fixed to show you that he loved you God didn't wait till you get all the answers to show you he loved you. God didn't wait until you had it all figured out to show you he loved you. God didn't wait till you memorized the Ten Commandments to show you he loved you. God didn't wait till you showed up at church to show you he loved you. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross. The emblem of suffering and shame. And when the Bible says that God commended his love toward you, he displayed it. And when Jesus went to the cross, 
and he died on that cross, he was doing something for you and for me. Now listen carefully. He was saying, I love you regardless. I love you in spite of. I love you and nothing can change that. I love old Dewey Webb. Dewey Webb always comes up to me and he looks me in the eye. And this is what Dewey always says to me. Pastor, I love you. And he don't stop there. You know what else he says? And there ain't nothing you can do about it. I love you, Pastor. And there ain't nothing you can do about it. And he, look, he gets serious at this moment and he says, you can't change that. And you know what I believe? You know what has happened to me? He's convinced me, he's telling me the truth. That he loves me and ain't nothing I do about it. But watch this. God loves you and there ain't nothing you can do about it. And what I mean by that is there nothing that you have ever done to stop God from loving you and there's nothing you could ever do that will stop God from loving you. God has already <clears throat> done something that's beautiful. God's not a God just of words. God is a, a God of action. He says, I will love you so much that I will exhibit my love to you. Can you imagine that? That God would say to you, if you were the only person on planet Earth, I'm going to exhibit how much I love you. Now here's how he does it. He takes his only begotten son and allows him to die on the cross for you. That's pretty heavy to me. Can I just be honest with y'all? I wouldn't do that for you. I wouldn't take my daughters that I love and say, oh yeah, die for Kevin Jones. Heck no. <clears throat> die, die, for, die, for, die for Johnny Thompson. Uh-uh, buddy, you on your own. Let me tell y'all, y'all look at me. I would not give my children to die for you. And since I've had grandchildren, I may sacrifice a kid or two, but not a grandchild. That wouldn't happen. But here's the point. God loves you. And he loves you with a love that's been exhibited. He's loved you with a love that's been displayed. I heard a pastor say this one time, and it branded me. He said, Jesus was on the cross, and I asked him, how much do you love me? And he opened his arms like this. And he said, I love you this much. And they nailed his hands to the cross to exhibit that love. That Jesus loves you this much. Even though you're a sinner. And even though you don't feel worthy. And even though you may think you don't qualify. Jesus loves you.
and God loves you. So tonight, I'm just going to be obedient to the Lord. I want you to go back to verse number 8 and listen to it. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I like to make it a little more personal, and this is what I like to say. But God commended his love toward me in that while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. Christ died for me. He gave his life so that I could have life, so that I could have peace with God. So I'm just going to ask the question, and um, I feel like this question is in order, and I feel like this is a good question. And I want us to bow together and pray before I ask the question. Father, you don't need me. But God, you have spoken through your word tonight about your love. And God, I could talk about this for hours upon hours. But I'm listening to you. So God, right now, I believe according to your spirit that you're dealing with somebody's life. And I believe, God, that you're touching a heart that may have been in a battle, that may have been in a struggle. But God, tonight, you are loving them to you. And you love them so much that you want to save them. You want to change their life. You want them to know tonight that you love them. And because you gave your life for them, you're asking them to give their life to you. And so, Lord, tonight, may your, your spirit work. Tonight, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to ask you that if you're here tonight and you want to give your heart to Jesus and you want a new life, I'm going to ask you to do something that's, that's uh, a little bit unusual. I'm going to ask you to stand up. If you're here tonight, and you feel like that you need Christ in your heart, you want him to change your life, I'm going to ask you to stand. Just stand to your feet. I'm going to ask you to do that right now. I want God to change my life. Just stand up. Is there anybody here that needs to do that tonight? If you're here tonight and you feel like that God is leading you to be a part of this church family, I'm going to ask you to stand up. Okay, my man, you just keep standing <clears throat> because what I'm going to do
I, I'm, everybody's with their heads bowed. I don't want you, I don't want nobody looking around. I'm going to send somebody to you. And they're going to they're gonna walk with you. And they're just going to take this minute with you. You just keep standing. Anybody else? We're not going to ask you to walk by yourself. <clears throat> We're going to send somebody to help you. This is awesome, y'all. Anybody else? Your, your turn. Brother Pat, if you'll take care of, of uh, those. Anybody else? This is a God moment. Man, I'm so proud of you. Just keep standing. I'm going to send somebody with you to, to you. Well, Johnny, if you'll uh, take care of that family. You just bring them with you, Johnny. Anybody else? It's an awesome time. A whole family. To God be the glory. Y'all just keep praying. Anybody else? Okay, with heads bowed and eyes closed, is there anybody in here tonight that's going through something that you would say, Brother Jack, I need prayer? Uh, would you just stand up right where you are? Johnny Denson, if you'll pray with that one by you. Beth, if you'll pray with this one. Jason, will you pray with that one? Jason Watt, this one. Anybody else, you just need prayer tonight. Just stand. We'll send somebody to you. Just sing. 